You're listening to a message from Mercy Culture Church, home of Pastor Landon and Heather Schott in Fort Worth, Texas. For more information about Mercy Culture and ways that you can be a part of it, visit mercyculture.com. Well, welcome to Vision Sunday. If you've never been at a Vision Sunday before, go ahead and wave your hand at me. If you've never been at a Vision, wow, that's amazing. Well, you are in for a treat and, and surprise. We've been doing this for four years. Our church will turn five in April. And when we started doing this, I didn't realize the impact of it. Heather and I have been stewarding vision our entire marriage. And whether it's been books or prophetic conferences or ministries or whatever God told us to do, he just speaks, we obey, and we steward what he tells us to do but we didn't realize that that was new for a lot of people. And so we started doing Vision Sunday and people would come up to me after the service just weeping. And pastor, I was so ministered by today. I was like, you were ministered today? And they're like, oh my gosh, I I was so impacted by today. And what I didn't realize is that people had been starving for vision. And when you start bringing vision or stewarding vision, then all of a sudden what's been dormant inside of people comes alive. Let me show you in the word of God. Here's what Proverbs says about vision. It says this, Proverbs 29, 18, it says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. What does it mean to cast off restraint? Cast off restraint means to run wild or to run with no direction or no purpose. Where there is no vision, people are running without direction or purpose. When there's no vision in the church, people are running around with their heads cut off. When there's no vision in your family, there's no purpose to it. So here's what you need to understand. When you have vision, it means you have the perfect will of God or purpose. Someone say purpose. So when you begin to steward vision, you are stewarding the perfect will of God or purpose for your life. Someone say vision. So this is a really important Sunday because this will mark the rest of the year for you. This will mark years for some of you. Some of you will, will, will hear vision and get pulled into things that will forever change your, your life, your walk with God, your family for generations to come when you begin to partner with the vision of God. In fact, I believe that many people stay dormant in their walk with God because your vision is just about you. See, something supernaturally takes place. Watch. When Moses' vision was about himself, he was hiding on the backside of a desert. When his vision became became about God's people, he was delivering God's people out of Egypt and into the promised land. Watch. When, when, When David's vision was about himself, he was just watching sheep. But when his vision became about God's people, he's slaying giants. Why this is important because so many of you, your vision has just been about your retirement, your ministry, your family. Someone say vision. Something happens when you embrace vision that is bigger for you. And when we release this vision today, I'm telling you, there, 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 is, there is something for everybody to partner with Reformation for. Okay, so vision is what? It is an assignment of the Lord. And we have to steward it. And it's important that you understand some vision takes years to steward. Some visions that we start and they're baby. We're only a four and a half, almost five-year-old church right now. 
And so we're still stewarding stuff from past Vision Sundays. And what we release to you today, it's going to take us years to steward all of this. But we know that these are assignments, ministries, projects, and initiatives that have been birthed by the Lord, spoken to and confirmed by our elders and leaders that it will take us a season or years to steward and walk out. But we're in company because it took Noah a hundred years to steward the vision of the ark. It took, it took Solomon se seven years to steward the construction of the temple. And that's after his father David went and gathered all of the resources for him to begin with. It took Abraham 25 years to walk out and steward from having a, a offspring to actually having offspring. So it will take time to steward everything that God has for us. The other part of vision that we have in mercy culture is we have what we call the house vision. And house vision is vision that goes outside the house. Before we ever started the church, the Lord spoke to me audibly. He said, I'm not giving you all the vision. I was a little taken back by that statement. I was like, well, who are you giving it to? And he said, I'm going to give it to my people and you're going to partner with that vision. So in a lot of churches, if you're not 100% obsessed with just what happens in the four walls of the church, you're divisive or you cause division. When the truth is, is you could just be evangelistic or apostolic. But some pastors can't see what's outside of their church. That's why it's important you're in an apostolic house. Because an apostolic leader is, understands what happens inside the house is important, but what happens outside the house is equally important. So you're in a house that houses vision for inside the house and outside the house. So before I cast any vision for this year, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page. There is one vision of Mercy Culture Church. It's to take people from corporate encounters with God to daily personal encounters with God. But guess what happens when you spend time in the presence of God? It's so easy to hear from him. When you start hear from him, what does he do? He gives you vision and he starts telling you things to do. So watch when you start accomplishing the vision of this house of daily encounters, God's going to start speaking to you about assignments to do. So we have daily encounters and then we come together as elders and God gives us assignments or initiatives or projects or ministries for this house that we get to steward and walk out together. Come on. Who's excited about vision? Come on. Who's excited about purpose? Who's excited about the perfect will of God in our life? So we have so much to share with you today, and we're very, very excited. So let's kick this off by looking at our first vision, or our first initiative, or our first conference. Watch this. A presence-driven church cannot be built around you. The heart of a presence-driven church. This is the most important topic for any pastor, any church leader, is what kind of church are you building? This is what a presence-driven church is. It is a church that is built around the presence of God.
So very exciting. We are stewarding a house vision from last year called the Presence Driven Church Network. And that was birthed from this concept. When God spoke to me about planting mercy culture, he said, I don't want you to build it around me or you. I want you to build it around me, build it around my presence. And so it is, it is a completely polarizing concept in church today is not building a church around a pastor, not building a church around a ministry, not building a church around drawing people, but building a church around the presence of God. And if you pay attention to anything that's happened in church culture over the last 10, 15 years, is there was a movement that came into the church called the seeker sensitive movement. The purpose of the seeker sensitive movement was to build churches to attract people. And here's the problem with that is it's not scriptural. That the purpose of church is not to attract people, it's to attract God. Come on, and when come you on. build a church that draws his presence, he yeah. comes and ministers to people. And so it, it is a paradigm shift because there's been so many churches that have been impacted by this seeker-sensitive movement. And then it er emerged into a new movement called the attractional church, where the whole goal is to draw the lost. Now, people get saved at Mercy Culture every week. We go out and evangelize, but this is so important you understand this church is for the Lord. Every biblical model from Old Testament, New Testament is to minister to the heart of the Lord and to teach and, and, and equip the saints for the learning of ministry, for the learning of God's word and for the doing of God's word. So here's the problem is if you just build a church for the lost, you build a kiddie pool and nobody grows because nobody learns how to swim in the deep end of theology, spirituality, doctrine. They're not strengthened and fortified. And so the Presence Driven Church Network is a network that is geared towards helping pastors build churches around the presence of God. It's amazing. I would just share, we, we felt this stirring, I think, years ago when God began to move through Mercy Culture in Fort Worth, and we were excited about this move of God, but then we began to see really culture and America shift, really this dry ground in the church, and don't get your pastors wrong, we were excited about what God was doing here, but it was like God fanned this flame within us that Mercy Culture in Fort Worth, even Dallas, and Waco, it's not enough. It's not enough. We need churches on fire for Jesus all across America and into the nations. So we really wanna be clear that this pastor's network, it's not just the next ne network to just do something or to have a club for pastors to attend. It is a place for these pastors to come, what we believe many have been craving and just don't know how, or do get to come and see and experience and dip their toe in this place of revival and reformation, bring it back to their city and believing for truly a great revival and reformation, not in just the DFW area, but across America. We have amazing guests that are coming and this conference yeah. is geared towards yeah. pastors and church leaders and those that, that feel called to lead in the church world. Uh, we have Pastor Robert Morris of Gateway that's coming, James Morris of Gateway, Pastor Tom Lane is yeah. going to be there, our friend Lee Cummings, Jeremy Dunn uh, is coming Hi, from here. Kingdom Culture, and then very, very special guest, there's a theologian named <laughs> R.T. Kendall that's coming. And if you're a young person, you might not be familiar with R.T., I would encourage you to go Google him, get, uh, look up his 
books, but this is so cool because my spiritual father was a guy named John Paul Jackson, and R.T. Kendall was John Paul Jackson's spiritual father. And this is wild because we got a call from his office, and they're like, hey, do you want RT to come to Mercy Culture? We're like, are you kidding me? Not only come, but come to the conference and invest into next generation pastors and leaders. And so literally the world's best are coming and ascending at this conference. And I would encourage you, if you got friends in ministry, invite them, tell them about it. This is going to be life changing. You're going to text the word network to 59090 to register or to get involved, serve at it. And I believe it's a special this Sunday to next Sunday. It's $55 registration to be a part of it. It's awesome. Well, the next announcement is we are adding a new value to our mercy culture culture and the value is holiness. Now, I want to share with you what you probably already know is that at Mercy Culture, we are very, very intentional about building and developing culture because here's why. If you are not intentionally building culture, then someone or some other spirit is intentionally building a subculture. And so if you're not intentional about what you're adding, it's almost like your diet or, or how you're stewarding your body. If you're not stewarding the culture of your church, this is where churches get dysfunctional. This is where churches get unhealthy. This is where they get weird is you're not stewarding the culture well. And so when we planted this church, we asked the Lord, what do you want? How do we build this around you? And he started giving us strategic, intentional things that we needed in this culture to reflect heaven's culture. Biblical value. And we felt the next part is this value of holiness. It's, we say this in the value of holiness to come in. We simply want to be like Jesus, wholly set apart unto God and fully surrendered to the refiner's fire. We know the closer we get to him, the more we become like him. Holiness is found in the presence of God. Our heart's cry is this, make me like you, Jesus. Make me holy. We truly pray that this church that this becomes part of your daily encounter. Just like David prayed, seek my heart, oh God, if there's anything that offends me, Lord, show me. This is a similar prayer to just pray every single day in your marriage with your family. Lord, make me holy like you are holy. This last week we were praying with our kids on the way to school every single morning before bed. Lord, make me holy like you are holy. This is found in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 through 16, one of the foundational scriptures of the value. And it says this, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. Last Sunday, I preached a message called this, the called or called to holiness. I strongly encourage you, if you weren't here last Sunday or you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. The first Sunday when Pastor Landon, so funny when I ask his wife, I call him Pastor Landon, but he's my pastor. When he preached. <laughs> A lot of things went things. through my mind. <laughs> but when he, we're back on track here. <laughs> I like it when you call me, just kidding. Back into holiness. Holiness, right show. Holiness. We're distracted. Let's get. We'll get to marriage We're stuff coming. here in a couple of weeks. <laughs> the first Sunday, he preached on reformation. Last Sunday, I preached on holiness. These are two critical messages for this year that I believe God is calling to the body of Christ 
right now in this hour to answer a clear call to holiness in scripture. I believe with all of my heart, we've been saying it and we have just started, but you're gonna hear it all year long. Holiness is the fuel to reformation. So if you feel called as a reformer, which should be every single one of you in this room, because he's called, he's raising up an army in this hour, okay? Not just a few super popular preachers on IG. He's calling up an army. He's raising up an army of reformers right now. So, I, so this has to be your heart's cry is, Lord, make me holy like I want to give some holy. practical advice. Just what Heather said, what we did in our family this week. Take this into your family. Yeah. Begin to steward this on a regular basis, okay? So, Steve, why did you lean away? I just chucked my water bottle Thank at one of our Andrew. security guys, Andrew. And I know Andrew's an athletic guy. That's why I threw it to him and not Pastor Steve. <laughs> but, but I did tell, I did tell Andrew that I'm throwing my water bottle at him from the stage, but he naturally reached out and just grabbed it. And here's what I want to encourage you is, you know, the culture is getting in you when your behavior becomes automatic. I never told Andrew before the service, hey, at some point during the holiness time, I'm going to throw my water bottle at you. Just be ready for it. I just threw it at him and he automatically responded. See, we're, we're not telling you to rehearse this stuff, but when you're praying it on a regular basis, watch, it's going from your head to your heart and then it becomes automatic behavior in your life. So from your daily encounter praying holiness to praying the prayer of reformation that has holiness, it's what the angels declare in the throne room in the book of Revelation. It's what Jesus said to pray in daily prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. Get this in your heart. Get it from your mind to your heart into your action so that we live out a life of holiness. Amen. Amen. You guys ready for the next video? All right. Watch this. Two years, the Lord has been preparing us for this time and this season because this is a year of reformation. The time of reformation is now. Hear this today. Reformation begins with you, with your life, with your mind, with your heart, with your sin, with your finances, with your family, with your community. Then goes into the culture. the reformers and the future belongs to the reformers come on any reformers excited about reformation conference in the year of reformation so we are adding additional conferences this year, and this is the Reformation Conference. And uh, Pastor Steve and I and many of the other pastors and leaders have been talking for a long time about this, that we need a place that will house or we could bring the spirit-filled reformers. So here's what you have in, in the body of Christ right now. You have a group of people that are the activists or the political guys, and they're like, you need to vote, you need to do this, you need to do that, and we need to make change. And those are all good things, uh, but, but it's almost like that they can will it to happen in their own strength. Then you got another group of people that are those prophetic prayer warriors and they want to go in a room and prophesy to themselves for years and do nothing. <laughs> and I'm all about that. I want God to speak, but after he speaks, we have to steward it. And so this conference is a convergence of the camps where we are people of faith, but we're also people of actions or what James 2 26 says, yeah. 
people of works because faith without works is dead. And so we need to be people of the spirit that hear from God. We pray and we intercede because we know the answer is not in a political party. The answer is in a king. At the same time, we're not partnering with demonic policies from any party, but we're seeing righteous decrees and laws come forward. And so this conference is about a gathering of both those and seeing a true reformation happen in our hour. So good. You know, we, we had been to somewhat similar conferences, I think, for years, and there were some great things that we took from them, but we also, there was some frustrations in leaving them because many of them believe for this political reformation, and that's it. That's the answer. How many know we don't just need a political reformation? The church and house of God needs reformation. The education system needs reformation. When you read Isaiah 2, you hear about this chief mountain, the mountain of the Lord that everybody will ascend to. I believe the key is that the body of Christ is set on fire and then is sent out to be fiery ones that begin to reform all of these different areas. But it's the body of Christ that is leading it. Amen? And so uh, the other thing that I think we saw is many of them are anti-Holy Spirit or gifts of the Spirit or women in ministry. And so we are so excited to host this conference uh, with biblical values, heavenly justice, amen, uh, with the entire body of Christ that is leading and speaking and raising up an army of reformers. What's so cool is everybody involved in this is both those. Come on. They, they are reforming in the natural. Yeah. They're people of action and they're also people of the spirit. And so we have Sean Foy, Will Ford, Come Nate Schatzlein, Laura Allred, Lou others Engel, in-house, Dr. Lou Boyan. So and this is the cool part. In every Mercy Culture campus that weekend, you're going to have people from this conference at the campuses ministering on Reformation all week long. And it's actually a whole yeah. weekend yeah. of events. Okay, so I promise you, like, hold up for a second. This is not the weekend you want to take your family vacation. Like, you are going to be upset with yourself seeing everything that comes out of this weekend of like, why did we go on vacation this weekend? This is why we're giving it to you now to mark your calendars. We're, Friday night will be the Justice Responsibility Dinner uh, where you get vision for the Justice Residences. You get to hear all the internal things of what has taken place. It's gonna be a beautiful night. Yako Boyan's Fiery Reformer is gonna be speaking at it that night. That launches Friday night, Saturday all day. We have sessions. Sunday morning is Dr. Michael Brown and Sunday night, we're doing Citizens for Life marches in Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, and Waco, Texas. This weekend is going to be wild. So plan your vacations a different night. You can text the word Reformation to 59090 to register and get involved. And so you just heard this little snippet of Citizen Life marches. So if you want to know more about what I'm talking about, watch this video.
Alright, so we gotta tell you this story because this, the story is wild. So a lot of our vision is multi-year in the making. And this is really important because a lot of people want God to speak to you, but you don't steward the first things he said. And so it's like, hey, how come God's not speaking? You know, he spoke a bunch of times. You just never did anything with what he said. I remember when I was writing my book on the Jezebel spirit in the chapter on sexuality, I heard the Lord speak to me and said, your next book will be on homosexuality. Watch the next assignment came in the obedience of the first assignment. So this starts for us two years ago at the first mercy culture conference in the convention center. And we're in the convention center. We're in the back room with Papa Lou. And he starts saying, I need you to pray. Someone has to do a march in Dallas. And so he comes to us and on says, the 50 year anniversary, you got to finish he, it. He 50 says, year anniversary said, of Roe v. Wade. It's, it's the 50 year anniversary of Roe and Roe was overturned and someone needs to go to Dallas in the place that the death decree was declared in Dallas. We got to go back on the anniversary and declare life. So he's saying this with his fiery passion and Landon's like, yeah, but this is awesome, but we have to, we have to pray about this, Papa Lou. And he's like, let's pray now. So I was like, Okay, we'll pray now. So I close my eyes. The fire of God hits Heather. And I hear the Lord I'm say, burning. let's do it. So I, I, I said, Papa Lou, I said, I, I just heard the Lord say, do it. I gotta, we got to go to our elders. Let's get into unity. And so we went and brought it to the elders. We got in unity. And we had just a few months to put on that huge march that we did in Dallas, where we saw thousands and thousands of people march. And then that changed all of the future yeah, citizens' so we, life. Yeah, so we... Our team just began to work ferociously to put on what we, we are thinking into it is this one day event. We get to this one day and we're just expecting resistance, people to hate our guts, throw stuff at us. I mean, I don't even know what we are really expecting, but we're going to be obedient to the Lord. We get there, thousands of wild people show up at the end of January. If you were there, just raise your hand. You know how wild this day was. Nobody carrying the potential that it could be an ice storm the end of January. Everybody has shown up, thousands of people marching through the streets and joy hits us. I mean, we are dancing in the streets. We're spinning. We're worshiping the Lord. The opposite happens. There's no resistance. People start coming out of their apartments, joining us and marching with us in the streets to the old uh, uh, courthouse. courthouse where Roe was decided. And we're out there interceding. March back. It's getting colder. But we're there. and We're interceding and worshiping and praying. And it was a moment. And all of us kind of look at each other the staff and the pastors, and we look at each other, we're like, I don't think this is a moment. I mean, Papa Lou, Lisa Bevere, Sean Foy, all of them start turning to us and said, I don't, this is not a moment. This is going to become a movement. And I remember Ben and the comms team running to us and saying, we just want to let you know, we felt like it was going to be more than one March today. So we went and got all the different website handles. We got the IG names. We, we just felt from the Lord we were supposed to prepare for this to become a movement. So this movement has become yes. the next house vision of mercy culture called Citizens for Life. This ministry is focusing on three initiatives. Yeah. The first is awareness where we're going to do these citizens for life. And here's the vision that we're marches. doing these marches, not just in these cities in Texas, but in cities and capitals all over America. Now watch this. The marches are going to be in June. 
And some people have gathered and said June is known as Pride Month. We and the people、that. of God are、reject. rising up and saying, no, no, it's the anniversary of the overturn of Roe, and now June is becoming Life Month. And we're going to celebrate the overturning of Roe every single June and declare it to be Life Month. So, as they believe, the world believes that they're expanding territory through pride marches. We're going to launch life marches, Citizens for Life marches, all across the nation. We're going to be giving at this pastor's network all of the pastors the how to's and how to host marches in their city. So, we're so excited. The entire month of June, not only are we going to be hosting Citizens for Life marches in the three cities here. But there will be the entire month of June this year, marches happening across the nation. So, even if there's pastors and ministry friends that are watching this, we want you to host one of these literally、yes. all over America. Imagine thousands.、Yes. And so, there's going to be parades going on with a lot of rainbow colors <laughs> that month. And I'm believing、we'll、that that rainbow、too. will signify in June God's promise. Come on, come on. The same way He said, I'm not going to flood the earth again. I'm、yes. believing that Roe will never be reinstated、yes. again. State to state. So the first is awareness, the second is adoption. And this is where it gets wild because in America right now, I posted this week on my social media, it costs $50,000 to adopt a baby and it's free to murder a baby through abortion. One of our, our, Dallas, our, our Austin community members、uh, corrected me and said, no, it's up to $70,000 now. And so we know that the church is the answer.、Yes. And as we've seen adoption become illegal in Texas and other states, that means adoption has to be made affordable and we need reformation in adoption.、Yes. It cannot be free to、yes. kill a baby and then it costs a year's wage to adopt a baby. This is a crooked way, it's immoral, it's、yeah. wrong, and there are thousands of godly、yeah. men and women that are ready to adopt babies that. Nobody wants、yes. because we'll let we the world、them. know we want, we want them. them. We want them. So I just, I just want to push on those of you that I love the excitement in this moment. But even right now, would you just whisper to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, open my heart for adoption? Open my heart for adoption. I believe that this is the key, this is the answer to abortion. I can't tell you the amount of times that I've posted. About abortion, pro life type posts. And the answer back is that I'm a privileged person and that probably has never adopted before and never will. They don't know that on our second date, we were planning our child's name that we would be adopting later. And so I truly believe it will also be a sign of God's love to our world when the body of Christ stands up and says, I want them. I want to adopt. And、uh, the Lord has been so good to biblically show us, as a good, good father, how he's adopted us into his family. And so, if you've never thought about adopting before, ask for the Father's heart. Just ask for his heart. Don't be afraid of what it's going to take or what, what is it going to, any of those things. If the Lord drops it in your heart, he is going to give you everything necessary for the vision. For that child to be able to steward and love and raise in the fear of the Lord. The third initiative is going to be the action. 
And that's where, uh, for Liberty and Justice, State Representative Nate Schatzlein, the other uh, politicians that have gotten involved are going to help pass these laws that will make adoption affordable, will bring uh, a reformation to the adoption industry. Now, this is wild to me because uh, I, there was 50 articles written about me in the last couple of years, and everyone loves quoting separation between church and state. They don't send that to the churches that bring Democratic candidates to their church, but they love sending it to me. It's quiet here. So if you bring a political candidate that wants to kill babies and abort babies and wants to sexually mutilate and, trans and transgender your children, they're fine to come to church. But if you have political candidates that stand up and say, no, we have biblical values, then it's separation between church and state. And anyone that quotes that doesn't know church history, American history, or where that actually came from. It's typically the, the, the switch and bait for uh, people that are, are, are uneducated or unfamiliar with where it came from. But here's what's interesting. How interesting is it that we ignored the people that were trying to distract us like Tobias Sandballot on the wall. We stayed involved in heavenly justice. We've seen dozens and dozens of, of, of godly men and women get elected. Watch. Now we're in the place to see laws passed. Watch Let's this. Go. If you don't Let's get go. involved in local government, you you don't have a seat at the table to help pass those laws. So now we have individuals that love God that are involved in government. They're going to help change those laws. But listen, we need your help. So if you are passionate about life, if you want to be involved in the marches, if you want to be involved in the adoption initiatives, if you want to be involved in the action and the political arm of this stuff, we need your help. We need an army of people that want to see reformation in this industry. I, I just want to give, give you an example of what he's talking about. Alabama, they just launched what are called these baby boxes and they're at fire stations where somebody that doesn't want their baby instead of aborting their child can drop off their baby in this box when the door shuts the alarm goes off the first one was dropped the first baby was dropped off 12 days after they were uh, uh, inserted at these fire stations and this baby's life was saved we have already had multiple people have visions that the Mercy Culture locations had these baby drop-off locations. It's so exciting. Can you imagine hundreds of babies being dropped off at Mercy Culture campuses, legislation changed, where all of a sudden the authority comes to the church to be able to give this child to a family that's gone through the training that desires this child, that is going to raise this child in biblical ways. Can you imagine what this would look like? So we need you to even begin to pray for those that are these righteous leaders in these political seats to be able to have the mind of Christ, the wisdom, the favor and authority to pass these, these bills so and laws. So if you want to get involved at all, if you're feeling any of that kick in your spirit, you can text CFL to 59090. There'll be more information um, about this and the different ways that you can get involved in these different initiatives. Yeah, I think you're announcing our next one, hon. Okay, the next one is another house vision of Mercy Culture, and it is called Mercy Culture Media. 
And here's what Mercy Culture Media is. Bosa, you're about to be all about this one. I, I was on my prayer run today, just, and you, you were on my mind the whole time. Mercy Culture Media is fulfilling one of the original visions or the original, original things God spoke to us as elders six years ago when we went on our first elders prayer retreat in a little prayer room in the mountains of Washington. And one of the things that we said coming out of that prayer retreat was that we needed to lead the way in media. Fast forward, we planted a church. We didn't have a building, so we would pray on the rooftops of, of uh, a parking garage. And it was Pastor Chris and myself and, and uh, Chris Edge, who's somewhere around here taking pictures, was, was on the rooftop. And one of these prayer sessions on an early Wednesday morning, I had this vision in the uh, spiritual daydream. And I saw this massive satellite. And the satellite was broadcasting two things out of mercy culture, worship and media. And we've already stewarded the worship part. We're seeing that go all around the world. Now it's time to steward the media part. And this is what's wild because Heather and I and other ministers are going to be a part of this. But this is something that other members of this church are going to be a part of as well. Because we're going to see the, the, the media or the ministry or the revival that's happening in this church, and this community, in this culture, go from this house through media all over the world. So we will both be launching podcasts this year. I'm going to tell you about what the Lord spoke to me spoke to me about, but there will be multiple podcasts and media projects that comes out of Mercy Culture Media. There was a moment, I believe it was sometime in June, and we're praying on a Sunday morning. I think that uh, Pastor Isaac and, and Nate Schatzlein is up here, and we're just praying, and I have this vision of this fire coming from heaven as we're praying over our capital. And as I see this, all of a sudden out of my mouth, I pray, Lord, bring a holy disruption. And when I say these words, bring a holy disruption, it was like fire shot up within me. When I get out down off the platform, Pastor Vanessa comes up to me and goes, when you said the words holy disruption, I felt a leap in me. I think that's the name of your next podcast. And uh, I began to pray into it and I... I realized that really what the Lord began to do with this word of reformation that he's bringing out of this house, it, it, it is disrupting our ideas, our opinions, our false theologies, all of these histories, all of these backgrounds that we've had for a moment to begin to personally reform us so that he can trust us with reformation out there. Him beginning to make the crooked ways within us straight. And this is where I knew I was in a moment with my personal health board and one of the elders that's in there began to pray over me and prophesy. And she said, I see media, I see another podcast coming out of you. In fact, I see it out of Pastor Lannon and you, Heather. But she goes, my life has been completely changed since being at Mercy Culture. My marriage, my children, everything that I do, what's in this house must go out. And it was this provoking thing that it can't stay. Just like what we're talking about, about a fiery presence-driven church. There needs to be a wrecking. There needs to be a shaking that begins to take place in the body of Christ. And so when I say holy disruption, I don't mean to disrupt something for entertainment. I mean to disrupt thing, something for the sake of holiness. 
And so we're going to be having all different types of conversations about everything. I'm going to be inviting, if they'll come, some voices that disagree with me or this house. And I want to have healthy conversations with other people and spiritual leaders to see, can we come to a place that says, what is God saying in this hour for the bride and preparing the way for our king. I disagree with you all the time. Can I come <laughs> on your podcast? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that would be entertaining. <laughs> There's going to be many different expressions and voices of this house. One of the, uh, the shows I felt like we we're supposed to do is we're calling spiritual leadership. And it's something that has been deep inside me. In fact, if I, if I take everything that I do in all the different ministries, whether it's the, 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 the government side or the raising up leaders side or what I do from the pulpit on Sunday morning, it comes through this lens of spiritual leadership and really was formed in me in the beginning of COVID. We are, we are an eight month old church. We just launched our church and, and um, we're, we're, this global pandemic comes and, and I'm looking around and everybody's shutting down their churches and, and distancing and wearing masks and it doesn't make sense and it doesn't seem scientific and I can't connect the dots and you can get COVID sitting down, but you can't get it standing up and all these like weird things that don't make sense. I'm like, how does this make sense? And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone with President Trump at the time and 800 pastors on a call for church leaders and COVID's just starting. And President Trump, I'm like, great, I'm here with the, the, the leader of America. Surely we're gonna get some leadership. And they, they start asking pastors, well, what are you doing in Miami? And what are you doing in, in Florida? And what are you doing over here? And, and I'm listening, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is the Wild West, no one is leading. And it was just like, everyone's doing whatever they think is best to do. And, and, and so it, it didn't make sense to shut down the church. It didn't make sense to not worship. California saying you can't sing. None of this makes any sense. But abortion sight. clinics and strip clubs and bars are open. But churches can't be. And I was looking around saying, where's the spiritual leadership? I'll say it like this. Where are the people that follow the Holy Spirit? And so I'm passionate about taking leadership through the lens of spiritual leadership. And as we're leading in our business, in our churches, in our community, it's really about intimately following the Holy Spirit. And so your podcast is launching on Good Friday, March 29th. Is that March 29th? I think it's March 29th. Good Friday it's launching. And some of the other ones are going to be coming out in spring and summer to come. So look yes. out for this stuff. Share the content when you come out. Every time you share it, uh, you're going to be impacting other people's lives and taking the revival and the ministry that happens in inside this house, outside this house. All right. Our next announcement. It's a big one. It's a big one. So I need a drum roll. Like what kind of drum roll are you going to do the, all right. All right. The next Mercy Culture campus location is, watch this. All right, you want one more surprise? Who our Austin campus lead pastors are? You want to know? It's Pastor Seth and Kaylee Morrow. 
So shout out to our Austin community that's watching right now. We're so excited about the future of this campus. And uh, this is another vision that is uh, a, a few years in the making. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but Heather and I lived in Austin for uh, quite a few years before we even moved to here. And when Heather was um, in rebellion and didn't want to come to Fort Worth. I knew he was going to cut straight to this. The Lord spoke to me so much further in advance than her. And she was trailing really far behind me. And uh, yeah, you know that that has never been the this truth. This is a true story. She says about to me, running, I kept honey. going to Fort Worth to pray because the Lord told me I'm we like, were going to be in Fort Worth. And she said to me one day, were you even going to go to Austin to pray? Well, he did tell me he was going to be praying in multiple locations. And he went to Fort Worth every single time. So I was just trying to say, like, have you prayed in Austin so, yet? So the first time this I go to Fort awesome Worth to pray, story. Russell Johnson calls me from <laughs> Seattle. And he's like, hey, I just had a dream. You're standing on map of Fort Worth. Does that mean anything to you? The first time just to appease her, I already know we're going to Fort Worth, but I go to Austin and a demon possessed guy with a cat on his shoulder attacks me. I no, kid you he goes to not. attack our son, our three-year-old son. Okay, so Landon is pushing this stroller they don't right need to hold the whole the thing. Wait, can you act it out? Your what pastor's happened? a ninja, act basically. This out what happened. This is crazy. I'm, I was just mad I wasn't here for this moment. He's pushing the stroller. I really shouldn't do it in leather pants. You probably shouldn't. <laughs> but this guy with a, with a cat on his shoulder is walking towards our stroller with our son. And he's like, I've come to bless children and goes to grab our son. And Landon, I call it a double leg of the chest because maybe that's in my mind what's happening. But he goes, <sighs> and just kicks this guy, the guy in a cat, go flying. So he gets home and I was like, how'd it go, babe? How'd it go praying in Austin? And he tells me this story and I'm like, this is not a sign from God. We're past the statue <laughs> of limitations, just God. in case that guy's watching. Uh, but uh, I might- Hopefully I, delivered. <laughs> I might apply to be on my own security team. Anyway, so fast forward a couple years later, we obey God with what God tells us to do. Pastor Steve runs for mayor. Uh, Nate Chatsline gets elected as state rep. We're massively involved in all of this stuff. That's bringing us to Austin quite a bit. And I'm there in Austin on a trip. And um, I, I, I'm driving through the city and I see the, the rotunda. I see the Capitol. And when I see the Capitol, there's this like tractor beam draw, like come here. And, and it was one of those spiritual things. And so I go back to the Mercy Culture elders and I tell them, I was like, hey guys, I, I had this moment. I, I feel the Lord drawing us to Austin. We need to go there and pray. And so we had a Mercy Culture elders retreat and all the elders, we, we went down there for a retreat and we're in the rotunda praying. And we had this holy moment. And God speaks to one of the elders and brings a word. And we hear the Lord, that's the actual moment. We took a picture of that actual moment. And we, we hear the Lord say, take, take the, the hill. hill. And when he said that, it, it reminded me of when we had the vision of Jesus in Dallas saying, come, and the whole vision of he told us to come. Well, the Lord told us to take the hill. And so when he told us that, it was like all speed go. This is what we're doing. So then we started praying, all right, Lord, who are we supposed to send? Who's the couple that you've anointed for such a time as this? We spent over a year praying into that and we feel like the Lord clearly spoke and we're unified as the elders that it was supposed to be Seth and Kaylee Morrow. Yeah, and I, I wanna share that moment. The elders are praying. We're praying into multiple couples and all of a sudden one of the elders sees a pair of red boots on the ground in Austin. 
The Lord told me a couple years ago to get her these red boots, give them to her at a Mark conference and prophesy over her. And then this was the vision the elder saw of these boots. And then she wore them today, which is so fitting. So cool. So I would love to hear of just some of the confirmation moments that the both of you have. Because after this moment, we see, we see the boots. We, we believe it's Pastor Seth and Kaylee. So we submit it to you guys. And we invite you into this process of praying and asking the Lord. You go to Austin. How did the Lord speak to the both of you? Well, you know, when you're in a house like Mercy Culture where we pray, speak, Lord, your servant's listening, it's easy to hear him. And so we heard the Lord say a lot of different things. Um, but preparing for this morning, I asked the Lord what to share. And he brought me back to this moment where we're in Pastor Landon's office meeting with Pastor Landon and Pastor Heather. And they're saying, hey, just pray into this, being the pastors of the Austin campus. We're like, okay, we'll go pray. Immediately when we leave their office, I get hit with a spirit of intimidation. And immediately the Lord reminds me of the prophetic word that Pastor Heather released over me when I got these red boots. She said that I would be marked, um, but not moved by intimidation, that I wouldn't bow to intimidation. That's why these boots are red, because I would stand in the fire and not bow. And so that, it marked me that morning. I was like, okay, I know I have this prophetic word over my life that I will not be moved or shaken by this spirit intimidation. Lord, what are you doing? And a few days later, uh, we're at a staff chapel and the Lord leads me to Numbers 13 where all of Israel, they're, they're been in the wilderness and they're waiting to get into the promised land. And Numbers 13 is when Moses sends out the 12 spies to go spy out the land, the promised land. Hey, the Lord says all these promising things. Go look at it, at it and tell us what you, you see. And so in Numbers 13, they all go out. 10 spies come back with a bad report trying to turn Israel away from the promise that God has spoken to them, saying, hey, there's giants in the land. We're like grasshoppers among them. They are too strong. Their city is fortified. We can't go into this. They'll, they'll kill us. But there's two strong, mighty men of God. It's Caleb and Joshua. And they say, no, this is not true. Yes, the land is, is plentiful. There, there's promises in this land. The fruit is, is in abundance. It's flowing with milk and honey. And you may see them, uh, the giants, and think that we're bred for them, or grasshoppers among them, but Caleb says, they're bred for us. Do not fear the people. We're going to go into this place. In Numbers 14, uh, verse 24, it says that Caleb had a different spirit and it was one who fully obeyed the Lord. And as I prayed for MC Austin, I believe it's gonna be a people who fully obey the Lord, that intimidation is not going to shift or cause us to move or cause us to bow. Even we got to go and visit our MC community in Austin through the online campus. They're an amazing group of reformers. I remember being there before we even knew about Austin and I felt Austin felt different. And I thought maybe it's just because we expanded territory and Nate's been in Austin. Um, but I'm so excited for what the Lord's gonna do because it's going to take up people with a different kind of spirit to bring revival and reformation in the city of Austin, the capital of Texas that will go out into our nation. One of the most significant encounters I've had with the Lord since we've been praying into this was on July 4th of last year. I was sitting in our guest room and praying about Austin and, and he, the Lord took me into this open vision or a, a spiritual daydream. And, and I was, I was in this vision. I saw a, a picture of Kaylee and I, we were 
packing moving boxes into a moving truck and saying goodbye to our first home. And we hopped on I-35. And as we were driving down south on I-35, the, the vision zoomed out. And I started to see other people that were driving down 35 with us, the team that the Lord is sending down there to plant this campus. And, and as the vision zoomed out, I saw this banner that was ahead of everyone that was moving down there. And on the banner, I saw the words, pleasure seekers. And, and, and I, in that moment, I was pulled out of this vision and I heard the Lord say really quickly, he said, many have moved to Austin to seek their own pleasure, but mercy culture is going to seek the Lord's. And yes, we're going to go take the hill. We're going to bring revival and reformation. Culture is going to shift. But on the most basic level possible, the reason that mercy culture is going to Austin is because it pleases the Lord. And so if you're in this room and you feel the stirring right now as I'm sharing, or maybe you're in this room and you're like me, you were born and raised in Fort Worth and the idea of ever leaving sounds crazy. I want to encourage you to bring the idea of Austin to the Lord in your encounter time. Ask him what would please him. And if you are interested in staying in the loop, you guys, you can text the word Austin to 59090. We'll share all the updates as we prepare to launch. And, and we have our first prayer at the Capitol this coming up Friday at 530. It's gonna be an awesome time at the Capitol. Worship and prayer. And if you want more information about that, you can text the word Capitol to 59090. Uh, Pastor Seth and Kaylee are gonna be in the uh, foyer after service if you wanna ask any questions or visit with them. But I would encourage you, if you have any kind of stirring, there's actually been multiple staff members and people I feel like everyone on our team wants to go, feels called to go. So we may be hiring at Fort Worth here real soon. Uh, but uh, if you feel that stirring, go to these prayer events. Uh, this is very strategic. The Lord told the elders that prayer had to go first. And so that's why we're doing these prayer strikes every single month doing this. And so I would encourage you, go to these events uh, and, and pray if God's leading you to that as well. Can we give Pastor Seth and Kaylee Morrow a hand? Would you let them know that you love them? Okay, before we wrap up today, a few more of just the Save the Date events. There's so many events that we could not cover here, but you could actually text VISION to 59090 and everything that we're covering today, the events, the conferences, all the specials are all on there. So we have a few Save the Dates uh, coming up. First up, Mark Conference. All the ladies in the house. May 3rd and 4th, and uh, they're doing for one week from this Sunday to next Sunday. Uh, a special of $85 to register. If you have never been to a Mark conference, mark your calendars to go to Mark conference and be at it. August 1st to 3rd is our students conference, yes. the burning ones. Burning Get ones. your teenagers there. You can register today. We also have the Axel Retreat, which is going to be July 25th and 27th for the creative community. There's some dynamic speakers that are going to be pouring in, so you can register yeah. for that. More information is on the screen. Okay, you saw this video, the announcement video at the beginning of the service is for the Justice Golf Tournament that's coming up on April 11th. If you want to come and kick Steve's tail... Golf. It's actually the funnest golf tournament I've ever yeah. been a part of. The team that runs it does a phenomenal job. So it, 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 it's so much fun. Okay. And then Justice Run on October 26th. Look, 
For those of you that have not run the half marathon or the marathon yet, it's a great time to start training for it. It's nice and cool, so you'll be all ready when it's summer, you ought to be in shape. Uh, but come and run for justice with us, all the proceeds. This is another incredible event. This last year was crazy, another storm, of course. They're like, why don't we move Justice Run to the summer? And if we do that, we'll actually get rain in the summer. Yeah. Because wherever we move Justice Run to, the storms That's okay, come. we run through storms. <laughs> so we run through storms. So be a part of that uh, on October 26th. I mentioned this earlier, the responsibility dinner, we're doing it differently this year where we're inviting anybody that wants to be a part so you get to purchase a ticket for it. And this year, if you purchase a ticket to be at the responsibility dinner, you get 50% off your registration for Reformation Conference. So I feel like one of those like commercials that just gives you all the deals. Yeah. And then, and then you get Mercy Culture Conference is September 27th and 29th. Registration is only $50 this year. All right. Okay, this is special. So I need to, I'm just going to, get comfortable in here because I need to share about this one. Uh, Lou Engle, I call him Papa Lou, but I, so I say that a lot. I'm really like, who's she talking about? Lou Engle has been carrying a vision in his heart for decades. And uh, he's been a very special mentor, a prophetic voice in our life at pivotal times. We've been running with him for years and we know that he's had this vision in his heart. And I don't, I don't even remember the exact date of when it came, but it's been a long time that he's been carrying it and praying into it. So many spiritual daughters. We have Laura Allred, De Havilland Ford. Did she just walk out? And Laura, can you, can you just stand up and wave your hand to everybody to see? Can you just honor this woman of God? And De Havilland Ford is another one. And there's so many spiritual daughters that have been stewarding so just beautifully the vision that's been in his heart. And this year is crazy special. It's called Million Women on October 12th in Washington, DC. He felt it was the year, which is wild, in the year of reformation to birth this day and this event, this standoff in Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital, gathering a million Esthers and Mordecais. This is a crazy dream which means it has to be a God dream. It's beyond what Lou Engle can do. And this is why it takes the body of Christ to say, yes, he believes it's the last standoff for America. And so I promise you, this is what I know I can say and I can promise, is if this is something you send your daughter or your wife to or your uh, you know, mother and daughter or the Mordecai's, even the men of this house feel like they're supposed to come and support. This is gonna be a day you will tell your children's children about this day that I stood at the National Mall in Washington, D.C., weeping and crying out for revival and reformation in our nation. I stood there that day with Papa Lou. And so I wanna encourage you, uh, pray about it, uh, put money off aside to set yourself apart to be on this day on October 12th. And then finally, uh, our Israel trip got canceled before, so we have rescheduled <laughs> November 18th to the 25th to yeah. go encounter the Lord in the Holy Land. And so the Bible says the last shall be first, the first shall be last. Our last trip sold out in like 40 minutes and everyone was on, there's like a 200 person waiting list. And so now if you were on the waiting list, you can get back, but you would have to register very quickly for this trip. And then finally, uh, on your seat, there is a red card and it says Heart for Mercy and it's on your card. If you flip it over, one side uh, just has a question that's a prayer. 
and it says, uh, Lord, what offering pleases you? And I wanted to tell you about what Heart for Mercy is uh, for anyone that's new to our community. If you've noticed at Mercy Culture, we never take time uh, to pass tithes and offering buckets. We don't do that during services. We don't do a little two minute uh, encouraging moments for people to give. But all throughout the week, our members honor God by giving their first and their best uh, through tithes and offerings. We, we are a, a very obedient church. But one time a year, we take a time. And during that time, uh, we ask the Lord one question. We ask the Lord, what's his heart for his house? We ask him what pleases him. And this is not your tithe. This is not your 10% that belongs to God. This is an offering that's above your tithe. And it's not about an amount. We don't have lines for certain people that give certain amounts. This is just a, a prayer time. And 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this, that don't be reluctant in your giving and that God loves a cheerful giver. So we don't want a spontaneous moment of giving. That's not the point of this. The point is this is a month away. And so right now, a month away, we begin the time of asking the Lord, praying, Lord, what's your heart for your house? What offering pleases you? And then we begin to prepare. And this is important that you understand this, guys, that obedience takes time to prepare. Obedience takes a season of preparation. And so the reason why we give this month notice is for you to hear God, to not give compulsively, and then time to prepare. So some people need to transfer money from accounts. Some people need to sell things. Some people need to make uh, financial movements to bring this offering. And here's what we're telling you to do. I'm asking you, whatever God tells you to do, just hear Him and obey Him. And then all of the proceeds are going towards the ministries and the initiatives of reformation. We are partnering with this word of reformation to see revival go from this house to transform culture outside of this house. So even in this moment, would you just take that, that, that card and just place your hand over it? Would you even just pray for the first time? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage you, bring this in your daily encounter, bring this in your time, talk to your spouse, pray about it as a couple. But I'm asking every single member of this church to come into covenant with this season. And at March 3rd, we're gonna come together. We're gonna bring the offering to the altar together. The Mercy Culture elders and pastors are gonna pray over it. And we're gonna ask God to receive this offering unto Him as an aroma of worship. So even lay your hands right now. Let's begin to pray in unity for the first time. Lord, we pray right now. What is your heart for your house? We ask you right now, what offering pleases you. I pray that you begin to speak to every every man, woman, and child, every family, Lord, about what offering that they're supposed to bring. And Lord, I pray right now, I just pray anything that would try to hinder or distract or, or even bad uh, uh, church experiences or things that they've experienced in the past, I pray that it wouldn't uh, uh, detour them from hearing you and obeying you. Lord, more than anything, we want to please you. We want to be people that minister to your heart and please you. So I pray all throughout this month that you would speak and that we would hear. So we declare, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And all God's people said, amen and amen. I'm going to invite back Pastor Seth and Kaylee Morrow. They're going to lead us in communion. But I, I, I want to have a moment to come into unity. And so whatever part of this vision is jumping out at you, Whatever ministry, whatever initiative, whatever part that you feel this stirring, this yes and amen, we're going to just come in unity together and we're going to close in a time of communion. 
So Lord, I declare right now, I pray that this moment of unification, even as every campus today, every, every Mercy Culture community today enters into communion, Lord, I pray that we would be in unity as a church, as a people, as a community, in every campus with your heart. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Mercy Culture Church. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd like to encourage you to share it with a friend. To learn more about us, find us on social media and online at mercyculture.com.